Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast, where we discuss all things GRC. From a compliance point of view, again, I've had a couple of conversations with members um, just in this last week around the unique challenges of adjusting your compliance framework, especially where some of your controls are supervisory. Um, You know, what you do when everyone's switched over to uh, remote working and aren't being supervised in the same way. Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast. My name is Kwame Slusher. I'm the editor of the GRC Professional Magazine. And today, once again, we have Naomi Burley, our managing director. I think this is the first time for 2020. So welcome back. It is. I can't believe it's March and we're getting around to this for the first time. Isn't that terrible? Yeah, well... um, Will be better in future. Indicative of the year we've had so far. (laughs) Yes, yes, I think it is. So I guess to really get started, I mean, obviously um, we have and or had some events um, that are supposed to be coming up. So I guess it'd be a good time to give a bit of update on those. Yes. Look, um, we uh, have like like lots of other people. We've decided that. uh, to support our members who uh, may need, have been instructed by their workplace to self-isolate or to just work remotely to flatten that curve. Um, and we had some compliance and risk 101s and certificate fours coming up in early April. We've decided to push those back. So they're not cancelled for good. Um, those that were enrolled in the cert four or in those courses would have been contacted directly, but um, they also have the option of doing those via distance. We don't have that set up yet for um, for the Compliance and Risk 101, uh, mainly because that course does get a lot of value. And this, this is the irony of everything needing to be done remotely. That course gets a lot of value from that collaborative environment and meeting your peers, especially when you're brand new to compliance. And some of the attendees we get in, in that room um, are the only compliance staff that have been employed in an organisation. So this is their first time meeting some other compliance peers. So we'll look at the content delivery, but we'd still like to facilitate something where they can connect and share experiences and do that kind of thing. So um, we'll be a little bit creative about that one. So they've been pushed back. Um, We've also pushed back the um, AML and Financial Crimes Congress, the one day that was going to be on the 30th of April. Um, and we, the date that we've got organised for that one at the moment is the 27th of July. Obviously, um, none of us can anticipate how long this might all go on for, so we'll be monitoring that really closely. What I would encourage all members to do is that this is a great opportunity, and I've, sp- I've actually spoken with quite a few members over the last five days about this. It's a great opportunity um, in your schedule to use your time really constructively with your professional development so if you want to undertake one of the distance options that's there Um, we are trying to change lots of things over to webinar delivery and we already had planned a whole series of webinars anyway because the past two years for compliance people they haven't been able to leave their desk anyway so um, in some respects it's not a big change for us and, and a big change for our members Um, So we'll support you in any way we can. The magazine's still going to be coming out. So we'd really, really encourage people to to continue to concentrate on their professional development. If you've got questions about new challenges that are arising in the compliance space, let us know and we'll look to other subject matter experts to either throw together a webinar, a podcast or get an article out there. So we will be as responsive as we can. Yeah, yeah. 
Definitely. Excellent. Well, um, I mean, obviously with that, I think you've addressed some of the risks already just in that space um, and a bit of a preview for a podcast that will be coming out with Sarah Ewan from Public Speaking for Life next week, where we're going to be talking about communication and how it's made have changed a bit for some yeah. people, but how yeah. to make sure it's still impactful um, the way you need it to be. Uh, so, yeah, so I guess um, on that note, I, I guess interesting to sort of touch on, are there any sort of elements like new sort of business exposure to risks that we haven't thought about emerging risks thanks to COVID-19? Yeah, look, um, there's the really, really obvious ones that happened very early in the piece. There are a number of uh, criminal players out there uh, who are capitalising on this as an opportunity to um, launch malware attacks and to launch scam. Um, so it's sort of really um, important for businesses to ensure that when you are really, really dependent on your remote systems that you have access to them, that your websites aren't going down. So probably a primary point of focus for a lot of organisations is really making sure that cyber security piece is um, top notch at the moment because they are being targeted big, small. Um, as soon as they sense a vulnerability which, in which everyone is vulnerable at this time, that's where they're paying attention. The other thing to keep in mind is, especially if you're a financial institution, obviously lots of banks and the RBA and the government are, um, you know, and ASIC are trying to encourage um, financial institutions to be supportive of customers. The other mm -hmm. flip side to that is that your customers are going to be more vulnerable at this time to scammers. Um, and so that is something that potentially in that conduct piece that you might be working on, yep. you can assist with. Um, from a compliance point of view, again, I've had a couple of conversations with members um, just in this last week around the unique challenges of adjusting your compliance framework, especially where some of your controls are supervisory. Yep. Um, you know, what you do when everyone's switched over to uh, remote working and aren't being supervised in the same way, don't get to collaborate. It's harder to just ask a colleague a question to get clarification around things. So it's really looking at your compliance systems and making sure um, appropriate people are accessible for reporting and compliance queries, um, especially in these emerging challenges and engaging your stakeholders still. Um, we always say that if possible, getting out there and meeting everyone in the business so that compliance is a friendly face, they understand in the second line you're there to support them, all that kind of stuff. When you can't do that, um, is a unique challenge. So having to be a real creative thinker about connecting with those stakeholders, making sure you are included in all those remote meetings. Yep. Um, that you know, while product adjustments or designs or anything like that may still be wanting to go on, that you are still in the loop on those. So that will take some real proactive um, uh, adjustments for a lot of compliance and risk staff, I think. Yeah, and I guess what is an interesting piece is that we've, we've seen a lot of discussion, um, you know, control risks put their piece out on this as well, about the supply chain sort of risk element that we saw coming out of China. And of course, is it sort of, exported, we're seeing the supply chain risk being affected in other places as well. And uh, there's uh, another podcast episode, which I will put at the bottom of this podcast, um, from the law report, ABC's law report, where they talked about the impact on commercial contracts, which plays into mm. that supply chain piece and just yep. some businesses being unable to live up to their end of the contract because yeah. they can't. Yeah. 
Yeah, so there's lots of places where compliance and risk is needed at the moment. Um, and, uh, and so I think that that's, you know, your value add is, is popping up um, and advising on this, advising on where you see these potential weaknesses and how you need to play into these and strategically what you need to think about. Um, because, again, the, one of the big unknowns is how long these measures may be necessary for. Um, and so it's it's not not in all cases is it planning for two weeks. You may well in your particular industry be planning for a six month cycle of recovery, especially if you've got overseas supply chain risk. So yeah, you're right, Kwame. It's it's a little bit of pr proactivity, and I would be really encouraging members to make contact and make themselves available in those discussions early in the piece. Um, because you're still the subject matter experts, even though you might be on a different platform or, or doing something a bit differently. Um, it's not just a tech conversation, it's a, it's a conduct conversation that compliance and risk people need to be involved in. So the next piece to, to look at then is, is what does this mean for risk and compliance professionals? I mean, have you heard anything about the changes in opportunities in the space um, for members? Not yet. Um, I think a, a lot, you know, uh, right now, still evaluating. So a lot of organisations I know are going through a testing phase this week um, or did it last week to see whether their systems even upheld just the practicalities of everyone using the system online. Um, so I think that now and into the next month, is where compliance and risk um, have a real opportunity to prove their advisory capacity within the business and be really strategic about this. So I would, like I said before, I'd be really encouraging members um, to go out and, and look at that as an opportunity. I think in terms of stepping back from the whole thing, I think um, the way that it has played out and the human behavioural element of it has played out has been uh, a really interesting learning, I think, for organisations as well. So employees have proven themselves to be adaptable, accommodating, um, and, you know, up to a whole lot of challenges, you know, in my opinion. But at the same time, in society as a whole, there's been a whole lot of behaviours that we've seen where we're completely puzzled by. Yep. That's how human beings operate. And that's... That's your conduct risk piece right there. Um, and that's where, you know, I, I'm still puzzled by the, the toilet paper thing. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, that's what people do. They are driven by um, the group behaviour. And, uh, and I think that this is a really great thing to keep reminding um, your leadership team about in compliance and risk is that, don't have any of these unforeseen risks uh, line up because um, either conduct isn't able to be supervised or you're not driving the conduct in the direction you want to. You still need to actively drive that um, behaviour in the, in the direction that the organisation needs it to for business as usual, as well as COVID-19 um, adaptations. Right. Well, I think I was just upset that I went to the supermarket and there was no more Toby Estate coffee beans. I thought that was... <laughs> priorities <laughs> um okay well um moving on to the next topic I, I think one of the things that we sort of promised to discuss last year um because this, it, 
the topic was sort of arising out of a report that came out of ASIC and I think Apple released a report around it as well is the subject around non-financial risks um, which of course a reminder to everyone that ultimately they are financial uh, they, they you know it, um, they impact fundamentally on on your core risk management concern which isn't just financial it's your ability to achieve your objectives yeah. and I think that that is that's the missing quite often in some of the discussions in upper leadership um, is that profit is only one aspect of your objectives that you want to achieve and its uh, strategy is also about all those other elements as well and being able to achieve all of your strategic objectives are affected by um, by the by that conduct piece uh, so your you know, as we've discussed, your investment in your marketing and your reputation enhancement um, can be damaged by a single act or occurrence. Um, and so it's really, really important to, um, to concentrate on that non-financial risk space. Um, so, yeah, I think we'll sort of deep dive into some of those ones that are emerging and some of the things that were hinted at in the ASIC report. I thought that it was a really well-written and quite clear report um but i think that it's worth having a bit of a deep dive into some of those areas and um and i think uh, asic will still be on track to deliver the next report which will be an interesting one because it's all around that remuneration um yeah. for boards down so that'll be an interesting reflection and observation across industry i think yeah yeah um uh, and i guess that the last piece really is you know is there anything else that you know we probably should be looking at in this sort of new environment that I think everyone kind of hopes is temporary. <laughs> yeah, look, it is, but but I think as something that I read in an opinion piece um, today is that we'll come out of it, but the economy won't be the same, businesses won't be the same, your customers won't be the same. So um, there's you know an interesting once we sort of got this under our belt how we're adapting uh, um i think there is an interesting place for compliance and risk again to be advising around um what that new landscape from a conduct sense of things looks and how we can how organizations can still meet their objectives or whether they need to reassess what those are um, because it is going to be a little bit different, especially if this goes on for six months that it's anticipated to go on and schools do eventually close and a whole lot of other things come into play. Yeah. Um, so it's, it is important to take a strategic long view on that. And to be honest, um, from having, you know, keeping track of all the commentary that's running in the press, I don't think um, the economic theorists have got a real handle on this. I do think it's in that in that human social conduct space that compliance people work in all the time where you'd have a really um, good view of how you might expect people to behave because this is what you look at all the time. So use your skills and talents and knowledge and yeah. get yourself into that advisory space. That's my recommendation anyway. Yeah, well, I, I think to, to once again use that overused word if you've been following the news um, unprecedented um, I think mm. they need a thesaurus but uh, anyways yeah <laughs> I think that's the problem that it is unprecedented uh, so I guess nobody really knows where yeah. it's gonna go um, yeah 
And look, I, you know, I've spoken with a few members whose organisations had great plans and they've enacted those plans. They've had to do the tweaking that, that always happens because a plan is only theory. But um, this is going to take a whole other strategic view and I, and I really think a lot of our members are very well set up to be able to give a really good perspective on this. So, and, and we are moving very much in the territory of... Um, sure this your response may not be regulated but we're all very clear in that dialogue now that there are certain behaviors that are ex expected yeah um, and this isn't royal commission naysaying this is fundamental stuff that's coming out in this kind of environment and that's the stuff that you can advise on and think strategically about well i think one thing to i guess to to, to leave off with is i did hear on the news that the um Australian Business Council was suggesting that uh, we should uh, pull back on some of our regulations <laughs> in this space. They, they are, and, yeah. and ASIC has even said that they're going to give some things a little rest yeah. because, you know, there, there won't be product releases. There won't be a whole lot of things happening in this space yeah. at the moment. Um, and, and that's one thing, but from a, um, from a strategic conduct point of view there's a whole other piece that you need to plan for to yep. emerge out of this in six months time ready to deal with the new landscape that will be there uh, i think you'll have you already had cautious customers in light of the royal commission you're going to have really bruised and battered and super cautious customers at the end of it so you are going to need to be the most trustworthy organization you can possibly be to have them assured that they can re-enter the waters excellent well thank you very much for your time naomi um and yeah we will try to do a podcast we will do some more of these <laughs> <laughs> more frequently um yes yeah. yep all right thank you stay strong everyone and um you know keep reading the magazine and participating in webinars we're still here for you this podcast was a production of the governance risk and compliance institute and the music was produced by rob neary